hope everybody's doing great out there thank you to all those that are following our podcast we are here with another amazing guest miss deborah cordova thank you so much for being with us miss deborah thank you so much dr adame amazing i know she does amazing things she is an attorney she does so many things in the community she is part of a lot of boards but we want to we want to know who she is i know we know the amazing deborah a lot of people know her we see her on social media and we know who she is but we want to know how she got here where does she come from and and just all those things that we don't see in the back scene we want to know what makes deborah what makes her keep going and why does she do the thing that she does for um, for the people in the community so again thank you so much and deborah and thank you because i know you're so busy but you took the time thank you dr adame again it's an honor and pleasure to be here and be part of your podcast Thank you, thank you. So we're going to dive into the questions. Again, we know who Deborah is. We we see Deborah's like, "Oh, the amazing Deborah. I know you just got an award, Hefa." But let me go backtrack and say, you know, where do you come from? Like where were you born? Tell us a little bit about that. My stomping grounds are City of Mission. I, w- I was born in McAllen, raised in Mission. I uh, come from a large family. I have six brothers and one sister. Uh, grew up in Mission, went to school in Mission, graduated from Mission High School. Yay! And, yay! Yes, I, I adore my my city of Mission. I don't ever forget where I've come from, uh, even though I've expanded my community service and my leadership skills to the region and to the state and at a national level. But I don't forget uh, the city of Mission. It's always going to be near and dear to my heart. Yay! Well, again, to those that are listening out there, because I know I just got the the notice that people all over the world are listening in Brazil, where there were some downloads in Brazil, there were other downloads in, in Europe. Mission again, we're in Texas, we're way, way down at the tip of, tip of the border, what we call the RGV region, which is the Rio Grande Valley. So again, we're in the tip of the border, and Deborah, I am from Mission, so go Eagles, right? Yes, so that's awesome. That's awesome. So now that we know that you were born in, in, in McAllen or and grew up in Mission and all those. Now, take us a bit maybe to your high school years. How was childhood growing up? I always share a little bit about my childhood and then going into my junior high and high school years because it has certainly shaped, you know, the person that I am today and the the confidence and the courage that I have today as well um, as being an attorney. And so, as I mentioned, I grew up with six brothers and one sister. My sister's a lot younger than I am. She's 10 years younger. Uh, so I was ecstatic when I knew I was gonna have a sister finally, right? But I grew up with the boys. And growing up with the boys, my parents taught me that I could do anything that my brothers were doing. So that helps shape who I am today um, and, and why I, I believe that we are, of course, not only equal, but very, can, can be very successful just as men are. And so going into my junior high years and my high school years, I played a lot of sports. Uh, again, I mean, I had six brothers and so I did you know, running, I did track, I did cross country, I played volleyball, I played basketball. 
Uh, but one of the sports that really intrigued me that I carried through my entire uh, high school years, and I still do it today, was track. There was just something about uh, setting a goal for yourself uh, and trying to reach that goal as far as time is concerned, right? You know, you want to hit a certain time when you're running and try and accomplishing that. Uh, you know, that, that consistency, that accountability, again, those are, are things that I carry with me today. And I was uh, also, I think, you know, involved uh, and, and did certain things in my high school year that uh, through sports allowed me to be in leadership roles uh, and just studied a lot. I knew the importance of, of an education. Uh, my parents, you know, didn't have that opportunity. And so they wanted to make sure that we had every opportunity to further our education. And we knew that we could get there if we had good grades in school. Uh, and so that, that was my focus. It was solely school and of course, you know, sports. Wow, well, thank you for that. Thank you for that summary. And um, I grew up with seven brothers. Oh, wow. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I, I can relate it a, bit, a little bit to that with it. And when you say large family, I'm like, let me see how many, right? And it just, uh, <laughs> you know, being Hispanic, I know you're a female, you say, you know what, growing up with brothers, you just, I think to, to a lot of us, I, it's, it's a challenge. You know what? I can do it too. You know, in my case, my parents didn't encourage me, but I would say, it's like, hey, they can do it. Why come I can't? I can do it. And I would prove them, right, that I could. But well, thank you for, thank you so much for that summary. Now, where did that, a desire to become an attorney come about? When? Hi, everyone out there. This is Dr. Esmeralda Lame with Consulting Firm LLC. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're ever in need of any trainings, leadership workshops, goal setting, time management, team building, speaking, motivational topics, operations and business management, STEM workshops, team building, check out my website. I'm here to serve you and I will be happy to take your team to the next level. Again, Dr. Esmeralda Dame, CEO at Consulting Firm LLC. Or you can email me at dr.eadame at outlook.com and I will be happy to help you. So initially when I started college, uh, I attended St. Mary's University. I went in thinking that I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, and so at the time, and we still do, my parents had a have a business. Uh, and it's a paving and utilities business. And three of my brothers uh, were working for the family business at the time. And a couple of my other brothers would work during the summer. And I thought, of course, me, I'm like, well, what can I do to contribute to the family business? Mm -hmm. How can I help? Mm -hmm. So I was at St. Mary's University, of course, first year taking core classes and my first psychology course uh, and I was working, I had, I uh, was working at the law school. So I'd go do my classes and then run over to the law school. And that was my job. I started to pick up the books and just when I had extra time, take a look, look at them, read them. And that, that intrigued me. And I started to think a little bit more about what could I accomplish? Where could I help my family and, and help others? And while I thought I wanted to be a psychologist, you know, that next year, I completely switched gears and I said, I, I want to go to law school. 
this is this is what I want to do. I want to help people. Again, my, my parents uh, didn't have a higher education. And yet my father was very, very successful uh, with my mom's support. And I wanted to be able to support him even more uh, through legal matters, contracts, everything that has to do with a, a, a paving and utilities business, which as you know, down here in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, it has been a, a thriving uh, business for, for many, many years as we continue to expand the region. And so I, I knew that, that at that time, that was my calling. And um, I had always, Dr. Adame liked numbers. I've, I've always, there's something about math, something about, you know, going through formulas. I mean, just trying to, to find out, find a solution when it comes to numbers. Uh, you know, that was also part of my joy. And so I decided to switch to uh, a business degree. I have my, my accounting degree. And I knew that with accounting and law, I'd be able to put those two together to good use and help small businesses like my parents' business uh, and others down here in the Rio Grande Valley. And then just help uh, families and, you know, mm -hmm. that are, that may be, taken advantage of when it comes to contracts, when it comes to numbers. Uh, so that's when I decided that I wanted to, to be an attorney. Wow. So you were doing law. You, you went into college saying I'm going to be a psychologist, all those brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you, you started working. And this is when we talk about, I'll go back to the other questions, but that you realize that, hey, I want to give back, but we know the importance of internships. Okay, I do a lot of mentorship. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I cannot focus and emphasize enough on your kids need an internship. It wouldn't have been for that internship that you had or that work. You have never really, that interest would have never triggered. So that's amazing. So you're working, you start picking up books, you realize, you know what, I want to do law school. So did you finish law school? Or you did a level major or how did you, you mentioned accounting. So you ended up doing law school and accounting? together so, so i ended up getting my accounting degree my undergraduate degree and then uh i finished in three and a half years came back to mission applied to law school got accepted uh at saint mary's university school of mm -hmm. law but i had that extra semester and i am just like i cannot just sit and not do anything so with that extra semester i decided to uh, apply to utpa at the time uh, here in Edinburgh and decided to get my master's. So finished my accounting degree, started my master's, uh, and then went off to law school. And during, <laughs> during, thank you. During the summers, I would do my master's program and throughout uh, my three years of law, I, do, I would do law school. So wow. I graduated with an MBA and a JD. Cool. That is so amazing. Kudos to you. You're my type of girl because it's like you, you use that phrase. I cannot just sit and do anything. And that, that says a lot about you. That's the reason. And that's why uh, you're here. I, I invite people that I know that are doing amazing. The ones that have the type of spirit say, you know what? There's a lot of things we can do. And I'll use a phrase. If it's not you, who? If it's not me, who? So we need to give back. I feel that we have as community members, whether you have a degree or not, whether you have a leadership uh, uh, 
uh, tight or not, you can still give back. We have a duty to give back. We have a duty to, for our kids, for the community. For I tell people, it's like, who's that kid? I go, I don't know, but it's somebody's child. So I'm helping him. One day, um, he's going to be the future doctor. And I want to make sure that that person who's taking care of me, who's taking care of my mom, who's taking care of my nephew, is going to be a person that cares. So thank you for that. Thank you. So MBA, uh, law school degree, and then you also got accounting. I That's awesome. I have a sister who's an accountant, and I was contemplating accounting when I was young. But I was like, after I was like, ah, oh, debits equal credits. And <laughs> but you know what? This is a good opportunity to share out there that you need to do what you love. I know we always say that it sounds cliche, but what can you share about, you know what, if you're thinking this, maybe that, when it comes to career? When it comes to career, this is something that I could probably go back and, and learn from myself as well, that it's okay to try to step outside of your comfort zone. Sometimes you want to just go towards a career that, oh, is it, am I going to financially be able to pay for things? Um, or is it just going to be a steady job? We have to think above and beyond that because at the end of the day, and again, it, it does sound cliche, but you have to be happy. It, it doesn't matter the amount of money or it doesn't matter if it's an eight to five or, you know, you have to work weekends. You have to be happy with what you do. And if being happy means stepping outside of your comfort zone and learning, challenging yourself and saying, I want to be an engineer like Dr. Adame. I want to be a teacher. I want to be, uh, you know, an attorney. I want to be a doctor. I want to be an accountant. I want to be an architect. And if you haven't stepped outside of your comfort zone, picking up that book, and learning a little bit more about law, that did it for me. And I think sealed the deal and saying, this is what I do want to do. And I stepped outside of my comfort zone and, and it wasn't psychology. So I think that's my, my biggest advice for someone that's looking for a career. And it is a, a career, you hope to do it for the rest of your life. And of course, there are gonna be forks in the road that you can switch and do other things with your career and that's okay. But, but we need to learn to challenge ourselves and make sure that at the end of the day, we're, we're going to be happy with what we're doing. Because otherwise, I mean, nobody wants to be miserable uh, and in, in a career, you know, going into work every day. Awesome. Thank you. And I know you mentioned you want to be happy. You want to do, you don't want to be miserable. And I tell them, when you have your career and you turn that into your passion, I mean, you, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I get up and it's like, Hey, I'm going to go to work and I'm just happy to, to go to work. I'm happy to, to get up and do what I'm going to do. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. I know I currently have a niece, uh, Jackie, big shout out to Jackie Adama. She's actually at St. Mary's also at the school law. So, um, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing because we're seeing Valley people, Valley's, uh, youngsters doing, great things sky's the limit right go out there and do that you also mentioned something as that you can do other things and that's exactly what i share you know what you're not married to your career you can do this and then do this and do that and it's not a strict path for everyone it, it's not so there's going to be challenges but um uh, anything i always say ganas and persistence right ganas and persistence exactly. get you anywhere now i'm going to ask you deborah was there any any I'm sure there were challenges and we're going to get to that. But is there anything when you come to your parents that, you know what, I'm not going to do psychology. I am going to be, a, I'm going to do law. Uh, was there anything for your mom or dad? 
my mom and dad, of course, they were excited for me. They they were happy that I was going, you know, that I was attending a university. And, and at the end of the day, and I remember my dad saying, I mean, as long as, you know, Mejita, you're going to be happy, that's what you want to do, then, you know, they supported my decision in switching from psychology to law school. Awesome. Your siblings, had they gone or you were the first one to go? Uh, my brother and I, uh, he's about a year and a half older than I am. We were both the first ones to attend uh, a university and we actually graduated at the same time. Uh, wow. So we were, yeah, we were the, the first ones to graduate from, from a university. My three older brothers had attended some higher education. Uh, my other brother and I were the first ones to graduate. So it was, it was a blessing. We were excited. My parents were excited. They threw us both a graduation party together. And so it was nice to share that with him. Awesome. Well, congratulations to both of you. And that's awesome that the support is there. A lot of times you, you mentioned your parents had a business. So I'm going to assume that you were okay financially. Again, we can talk about that right now. You had their support. But what about those listening, Deborah, that say, well, Deborah did it because her parents had a business. Deborah did it because the parents were there pushing her or saying, yeah, mijita, go for it. Uh, Dr. Dame, you know, but they don't know what it took. Okay. I know, unfortunately, I tell people now, like, I didn't know I was poor until I realized that everybody else had AC at their house. I didn't realize that we were the very few of the families didn't have a car. We had to walk everywhere. I'm from Mission as well. We used to walk to HB, walk to Foy's. I lived in downtown Mission. We had to walk everywhere. The library, we had homework. I had to go to the library and literally work. And then they will, I will walk back home. Sometimes there was a ride to take me back home when I was doing my homework. So again, we all grow up different. We have different paths. But what can you share? You say, you know what? I had challenges too. So share a little bit of those if there were any. Well, first I want to share this, Dr. Adame, because my parents' success was something that grew over time, uh, that took years to get there after hard work. So did I have to work, have work study at St. Mary's? No, but that was something I chose to do because my parents taught me that not everything is always going to be handed to you, right? So you have to work and earn your success. And so I was very prideful in that I wanted to earn my degree. I wanted to earn my success. And at the end of the day, I wanna say, I, I did it. I have the support of my family and my parents, but I also pushed myself. And I've shared this, and, and my family knows this um, as well because they saw it. When I was in law school at one point, well, I didn't work my first year. I will say that because they don't encourage you to work your first year because law school is, is a completely different, uh, the, the elements of studying are completely different from undergrad. And so, and the amount of reading that you have to do is completely different from undergrad. So they don't recommend or encourage that you work your first year. So I didn't work my first year, but my second and third year, I worked up to three jobs at a time while attending law school. And I think that for me helped me who I am today. And, and did I have to do that? I didn't, but 
I worked at Legal Aid. I worked at a uh, small business uh, law firm, uh, which was just one attorney. And I worked at a personal injury law firm. And I alternated my days, my time. Uh, and I, I did it also because I knew that I needed to take advantage of every opportunity that was being afforded to me so that when I came out of law school, I could be a successful attorney. And so whether financially you have the means, I think that uh, it's more important to do things on your own uh, and earn your success. Um, and certainly, again, I mean, I had all of my family support, but there's there's something to say about working um, and being an independent person and especially an independent woman. Uh, so I wanted to share that uh, with you and, and everybody out there listening. Thank you. I'm going to go back to the very beginning of that answer. Uh, you mentioned my parents' success took years. And that's something that we need to get through, I guess, the newer generations, right? That, hey, it's a process. Success doesn't happen one day to the next. Again, uh, that's going to be another question later about success. But and when people get somewhere, we, we, everybody else needs to understand, you know what? We're all different. Everybody has different paths. However, uh, what, at Deborah's universities, we're different than Esmeralda's. So we cannot compare ourselves to anybody. And we need to learn that it's a process. You mentioned that all those experiences that you had as a younger person were the ones that shaped you. And it's very true. Universities build character. Right. So that's something that we need to learn how to overcome. You mentioned that you didn't have to work, but you worked. You chose that you wanted to build your success for yourself, that you wanted to work. So now I'm just going to lead to the next thing. So what helped you persist or what helped you literally complete and graduate, Deborah? I think there's a variety of factors. I'm definitely a goal-oriented person. When I set my mind to something, I like to complete it. Uh, and definitely if I make a commitment, I like to commit fully 100% to it. Of course, that's not to say that if things are not going right and, and you want to switch, you know, in your career path, you can. But for me, it was, you know, a, a commitment, passion. You have to have passion about what you're doing. Also, being able to challenge yourself. Are things going to be perfect? No. Uh, we learn from our mistakes. Was law school perfect for me? No. Uh, but I learned that you have to work hard. And sometimes I felt like I had to work harder than others uh, to get that, that high grade. But, but that was okay because that's how I knew I was going to accomplish what I wanted to do. But at the end of the day, I saw myself helping others and that's how I persisted. Uh, because throughout law school, I also did a criminal clinic uh, that I, I learned. I wanted to touch each field, Dr. Adame, because I knew, I, you know, I worked in PI, personal injury. I worked uh, doing family law, legal aid. I worked with that small law firm I mentioned earlier doing business uh, and contracts. And then as part of law school, I did the criminal clinic. And again, I said, I wanted to take advantage of all the opportunities to figure out exactly what I really wanted to do and make sure that what I'm doing now is what I wanted to do. Um, 
but and when I did all of that, I realized that I was helping people. And uh, that's what helped carry me through the end of the day, that I knew I was gonna be helping someone that needed assistance in one way or the other. Yeah, so in essence, it's your passion. Your passion, you knew what you were doing. It, it filled you, you knew your why, right? But I know, again, when I do my coaching, I, I always say, you know what, follow your passion. But a lot of them are not sure what they wanna do. A lot of them feel pressure. You know, oh, my older brother's doing this. Oh, my dad did this. Then I need to follow my dad's footsteps. I need to help with the family business. Oh, or my mom always told me I was gonna be a dentist, so I need to be a dentist. And I hear all these different things when I'm mentoring young people, when I'm doing the coaching sessions, that I need to do this. And then, well, my dad expects me to be a, a, a coach because he did coaching. I mean, he's, my grandpa was a coach and then he's a coach and I need to be a coach. And then, but my mom, it says that I, I can do X or Y. And it, it can be very confusing. I mean, I hear you, Deborah, and I, I hear that we have a lot of things in common. I think like, oh, I knew I was gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I'm goal oriented, just go for it. But when we're talking to uh, like-minded people, I mean, I can definitely know what you're talking about. Oh, I say something, I do it, go for it. And I do something else, it's a challenge, I'm gonna do it, go for it. You love numbers, I love numbers. But when you're talking to younger people and it's really hard to get them to say, you know what, it's okay to switch. It's okay, oh, but I'm really old. No, you're not. So what can you share in this realm where you get those brothers saying, you know what, I don't know, or my parents expect me to do this. I don't want to do that. I think we've probably all heard the phrase of, you're not the first, you won't be the last, right? So sometimes I think we get so settled uh, and complacent, comfortable with, with what you're doing and you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm, I'm a doctor because my dad is a doctor and I, I'm not happy. I really want to be a teacher. I, I want to change my, my career path. Um, and, and we get comfortable in, in that situation and we're almost afraid to, to be open and to communicate that that's no longer, like you mentioned, it, it doesn't fulfill me. Uh, it, it's, I'm not happy at the end of the day. So what, what I would recommend is say, okay, think about this, okay? You, you won't be the first one that's changing career paths. So you, you can do it and, and you're not going to be the last one. There are many people that may learn from you uh, that say, oh, okay, you wanted to change your career path because that no longer was your passion. Um, so go ahead and do that. Uh, my biggest thing is just don't be afraid. Don't don't be afraid of challenging yourself or or of change. Don't be afraid of change. Uh, and briefly, I'll share this story, and and I've shared it before. I started with a small law firm here um, in, in the Rio Grande Valley, and I was happy. Um, I was content, but I knew that there was something more for me out there. And believe me, Dr. Adame, I was afraid because again, it's, it's not always greener on the other side, right? I was afraid of leaving and trying to take that step that could lead me into a bigger role in becoming a partner with a bigger firm, building and expanding my book of business. And at the end of the day, helping more people. 
and uh, polishing up my drafting skills and having the ability to be mentored but by someone that I think is probably the greatest real estate attorney you know and here in South Texas that has drafting skills like like no other that I've seen and so I was scared to take that step but I did it because at the end of the day I said okay if that step is not right for me if I fall flat on my face, if I made a big mistake, if I'm not happy, then I can just rebuild and do it all over again. It's not going to be the end of me, but I would have regretted had I never taken that step. I would have always wondered what would have been. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of how I can relate uh, to the young generation or, or those that are, you know, in the middle of their careers and are wanting to switch paths or take that step, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because uh, you don't ever want to think what could have been. Yeah, thank you. That would have, could have, right? Avoid right. that. Avoid that. Avoid at all costs. That's that phrase. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. So you never lose. You never lose because you know what not to do next time. You know what didn't work. So you're going to try another way. I always say when I teach my, my leadership courses, I say, you know what? If you're not being challenged, you're not growing. Right. If you're not being what's next. And you need to have that desire, that desire to grow. You need to have that desire to, to do better. You need to have that desire. And that leads to my next thing that I want to know. What drives Deborah? Why do you do so many things? And I, again, we're going to talk about that right now about your community. I know you are on so many boards and you always give back. So what drives you to do that? I was raised, um, you know, when, when, with my family, the importance of giving back. Um, my dad would give his shirt off his back to help others. <laughs> so I always knew that that was instilled in me from since I was young throughout college years. I served on, on different organizations to give back, uh, did, did a lot with Habitat for Humanity also at the time. And I knew that if I was blessed with these opportunities, I have a, a good career that allows me to, to, to give back. And, and I'm not talking about just in sense of money a time and service that's important because that comes from the heart mm -hmm. and uh so I, I just made that you know made it a priority for me that i knew it's important that's the only way that others will grow our community will grow and prosper and our region will grow and prosper it's a hope that if you can help one person, if I can inspire one individual, one young lady, one young man, our community will continue to grow. And that's important and very important to me. And as long as I can do it, I will continue. Um, I do serve on a lot of organizations and have served. And in particular, you know, organizations that advocate for women education and children, I hold them very close to my heart because I was a child once. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I was taught the importance of education and the need for a high quality education. And of course, I am a woman uh, that advocates for others. And uh, so those things are are very important in in my book. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for everything that you do, because I know you give back. You send a lot of words and it's just that you have that passion. Hi, everyone out there. This is Dr. Esmeralda Dalama with consulting firm LLC. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you ever in need of any trainings, leadership workshops, goal setting, time management, team building, speaking, motivational topics, operations and business management, STEM workshops, team building, check out my website. I'm here to serve you and I will be happy to take your team to the next level. Again, Dr. Esmeralda Dalama, CEO at Consulting Firm LLC. Or you can email me at dr.eadame at outlook.com and I will be happy to help you. And it's something that, you know what, if you, you mentioned, you're blessed. So we have to bless others. I feel that if we can, why not? And I know that, I mean, maybe some people may not believe it, but the more we're blessed, the more God gives us, we, we, we get this much and then God gives us more. The more we give, the more we get. And you mentioned a key thing. It says, you know what, we're not talking about monetary. We're not talking about, you know what? You can afford it, but you can donate your time. You can afford it, but you can donate your knowledge. You can afford it, but you can uh, service, right? So many things going on each day. Sometimes there's three, four events a day. There's so many events you can go and volunteer. There's so many, so many things out there that si no haces es porque no quieres, exactly. right? And I'm going to translate that to English. Sí. If you don't do, it's because you don't want to. Why? Because there's so many things happening. It, it fulfills you, right? It fills you up. And you mentioned something at the at the beginning. You said, you know what? My dad would take off his shirt for other people. Their example is the one that they provided. That's the right. best thing they could have done because they showed us, you said, hard work. Right. You know, how to be good, how to give back. I remember so many things they did that, you know, we were watching. So fast forward to us now, Deborah, myself, and all the community leaders that we have right now, we're at a level where God blessed us with the profession, helped us with this, helped us with that, with that heart to give back. Now, even if we're not telling people, guess what? The example that your dad gave you, the example that our parents gave us, that's something that we can instill back. And you know, the actions speak louder than their words, things like that. And that's the example. So what can you say about the importance of being a good role model? People are always watching children are always watching and they will absorb anything that you put before them. So it's important to uh, carry yourself and be uh, in a good way and be a good role model uh, when you're out there because you can impact kids more than you know. It, it's, it's something that besides my parents as as my role models you know there were teachers that i mean i absorbed what they did what they said and they, they were a role model for me they inspired me in certain ways and so i think it's important that whether it's in our career whether we're out there serving in organizations mentoring children to to make sure that that everything you say can be impactful with our kids of today. Yeah, and keep your word, right? Right. The importance of a handshake, the importance of keeping your word. And that's just something that we saw with our parents, something that we saw. So again, you mentioned 
they are little sponges you know and we have to give that example we have to give the good example right we role models for them and uh, thank you i know that i have a, a a mentoring circle that made up of a lot of professionals and i tell them you know what there's a lot of people willing to give back there's a lot of people willing to, to talk to you there's a lot of people so don't be afraid to ask i know met earlier in, in the interview you said do not be afraid to change do not be afraid to try it do not be afraid to try new things uh, we need to teach our, our younger ones to be confident confident learn be a hard working and all that will get you where you want to go Again, Ghana's persistence will get you anywhere. Deborah, what are you most proud of? Um, one thing that I'm most proud of is my family commitment. I think being committed to family has shown how I can be a, a strong, supportive wife. I've been, I think, a great daughter. I've just always been one, you know, to be there for mom and dad and also a good sister with with all my siblings they know that they can count on me they know that uh, they contact me call me they need help with something or just want to bounce an idea off of me uh, i'm there for them so i think i'm, I'm proud of, of my commitment of being family oriented it's important um, again that was the example that my parents set um, I, I hope that I've carried that out and have made them proud. And in that, if, if you have a strong family commitment, I think with that allows you to grow as a person, allow others into your life and be able to help and share your knowledge with others. So I'm extremely proud, proud of that. Thank you. I know uh, we have being Hispanics, we have strong family values. That's just something that I see, right? I'm not saying that others don't, but I'm just saying that's something that we value. Family, right, but right. when you mentioned the word, you said commitment. And I think that's something that, that, you know what? If you weren't committed before, you can't get committed. If you didn't value this, you can't. You can become, I know people, a leader is born, a leader is made. I am strong believer that you can become a leader. I'm a strong believer that you can practice those good uh, communication skills that you can practice a commitment that is just little actions that will get you there of course yes there's some kids that you see them since since they're really little you can see who's the leader in the group yes but i'm also a believer that you can do it if you want to and again that word commitment i think goes a lot with integrity and they go together hand in hand where it says you know what i'm committed and because you feel that your commitment is something that you have something you're proud of, you know, you're committed to your job, you're committed anywhere else. And those you can, you said committed to family, but those great values can be practiced at work, at home, and any aspect of your life. I really like that answer. You said commitment to family. They can count on me. You mentioned that I, if I can impact one person, you know, be nice to that person, you know what? That person's going to turn around and hopefully do something good for the next and so forth. And I know you just received one award with the HEFA. Can you talk a little bit about that? Thank you. Uh, yes. So RG Vision has a series uh, known as La HEFA, and I was selected as La HEFA uh, for the last uh, the last magazine. And of course, they, they interviewed me. I did a podcast with them as well. And uh, Rocio Villalobos wrote an article uh, in the RG Vision magazine. So I was honored through a mixer 
uh, just last week. And it was an opportunity for me to share my story uh, with the audience. And uh, one of the, the biggest things for me is that there are many hefas out there, you know. And, and one thing that I shared with the audience was a hefa doesn't necessarily have to be in the spotlight all the time. There's so many people that are hefas that do so much work in the background. And it's important to honor everyone. Um, but I was ecstatic that they chose me because over the last 20 years since I returned from law school and started practicing, of course, you know, law, uh, having a successful career was important to me and making sure that I was growing as an attorney. Uh, but as I started to do that, I, I learned again the importance of being involved. They, they always say, can you share three things with me? Get involved, get involved, and get involved. Um, and I knew that I could impact people by getting involved. And so they saw that I was a partner at, at a law firm, had uh, have a successful career, but not only that, I always shared my time and service and skills and knowledge with others by getting involved and had the opportunity to serve with the Real Grande Valley Partnership Chamber of Commerce. I just finished a 14-year term with the Boys and Girls Club of Mission. Uh, if I could continue serving, you know, for many, Thank many years, you. I would. Uh, but the kids are important to me because I was a Boys and Girls Club kid. So I've experienced that firsthand, uh, the, the impact that it has on our kids. Uh, I've served on the Junior Service League of Mission. Again, my, my hometown, I want it to prosper. And so I've, I've always given back. I'm serving on Girl Scouts board uh, for the Rio Grande Valley for South Texas. Um, Teach for America education, a high quality education for our children. It's right up there for me. And so I love serving on that board and, and many, many others, you know, that, that I wish I could share. Uh, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but I served on those boards, not solely to take a spot, take a place, or just put it on my resume and say, I did this because I needed to get involved. Uh, I served on them because I knew I had something to offer and to give back. And I think that is what RG Vision saw in me when they decided to honor me uh, for their series. And so again, uh, thank you so much to RG Vision for that. I was extremely honored and humbled uh, by that selection and that, that award. Uh, and even more honored to have shared that evening with the Hispanic Women Network of Texas uh, because the net proceeds from that evening uh, went to benefit their Latinas in Progress scholarship program, which uh, I have wholeheartedly supported uh, from its inception here in the Rio Grande Valley. And so I was honored to, to be there that evening with them and, and share that. Um, but it was it was a great evening and I was humbled by the number of people that came out to support me. Um, it was something that was unexpected when I received the phone call from from Gabe Fuentes and Sarah Hammond. Uh, but I was excited 
uh, that they they chose me for that. Thank you. And well deserved. I know you've done so many things. And I tell people a lot of times, uh, even if we don't recognize, keep doing what you're doing. I know you mentioned there's a lot of people out there doing and behind the scenes. And when you do it with your whole heart, uh, everything will come with, you know, in time. And whether you're getting recognized or not, keep moving forward. Thank you for what you're doing, Deborah. Thank you for, uh, I'm sure that was just one award. You received so many awards. Thank you for what you do. Uh, thank you for always giving back. And uh, the great example that you are. You're a great example, great role model to not just females, but people in the community, people that want to be out there, people that want to double major, they don't know, people that say, you know what, maybe I, I can't. Yes, you can. Keep moving forward and keep giving back. So thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for, for sharing a little bit of your story. I know there's so much more to it, but yeah, we uh, we can probably sit here all day and keep talking, but thank you. Thank you and thank you again because people like you make a difference. People like you are making a difference in the community. People, uh, people like you are being role models, uh, maybe to people that you don't even know, uh, or maybe later, I know I've bumped into people. It's like, yeah, I remember like you spoke and in this school, like, when I was in sixth grade, now I'm in college. And because you said this. So again, people are watching, people are listening and they're looking at examples. So we need to set that great example. So thank you. And um, any last words? The last thing I probably would, I want to share is just don't be afraid of challenging yourself. If you challenge yourself, you will grow. Uh, if you challenge yourself, you will learn. And if you challenge yourself, you'll become a better person. So thank you, Dr. Adame, again, for having me uh, on your podcast. I um, was excited, again, honored that, that you asked me to, to share a little bit about my, my story, my life uh, with your listeners, and hopefully uh, they have learned or uh, you know maybe have impacted someone through my story. So thank you again. Thank you again. The whole purpose of this podcast out there is for listeners to see, you know what, Ms. Deborah uh, and all the other um, people that are in the podcast, they all have a story. They have a story, challenges, adversities, different uh, roads, different roadblocks, but yet they're successful. Yet they manage to give back. Yet they manage to be that role model. Yet they manage to, to keep moving forward regardless. So thank you for that. Now, I'm going to ask you, can you share one life advice in Spanish <laughs> before we end? One life advice in Spanish. Okay. Uh, we probably have heard this uh, lots of times, pero si se puede. Si se puede. Thank you. Thank you. And that those are just three words, but are very impactful. And then everything comes out. So si se puede is like, yes, you can. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank well, you for being thank here. Thank you. Thank you.